street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Not yet. Okay. I just got here. You just got here? Come <laughs> try? Yes, thank you. Okay. Well, if you have a question, ask. I don't want to inter interrupt your preaching. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll wait, I'll wait till you're done. Huh? I'll wait till you're done. Oh, well, I'm, I'm done anytime. Oh, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. Huh? I don't want to interrupt you at all. Oh, you're fine. What is oh, what's cool. your name? Anthony. What's yours? Pastor David. Pastor David. Yes. Oh, okay. Anthony, nice you live here in San Antonio? No. We are, uh, we're from the Amarillo area, and some of us are from Terrell, and some are from Florida. Ah. Uh, brother up there on there is from, he's from uh, Tyler. Yeah. And so we're down here on our way down to preach the gospel to the uh, spring breakers at South Hobby Island. So okay. we stop here. Our team gathers up here. We preach. Hmm. We eat lunch when we go. How long are you going to be here for? Just a little while. A little while. We're okay. That's exciting. Your name is Dave? David. David, okay. Do you have cool. a question about the Bible or anything? Um, I don't have a question about the Bible, but what I'm more interested in is why you believe what you believe. Why do I believe yes, what sir. I believe? Yes, sir. Yeah, why do you, why do you believe it? Because God changed my life, and I know if He can do that for me, He can do that for you. Ah. I used to be I used to be a drunkard. I was a fornicator, an adulterer. God got a hold of me and changed my life 180 degrees in the other direction. Hmm. Changed my heart, which changed my life. That's the greatest miracle of God. I mean, you know, people can say, oh, they want to see the blind see and the deaf hear and all of that. And all that's wonderful. But the greatest miracle of God is a changed heart, which changes a man's life completely. Raises him from the dead, spiritually speaking. So you had an experience in your life and it changed your understanding of this God? It opened my eyes and changed my worldview. Yes, it did. How did you decide to attribute these changes in your life to this specific God, Jesus, that you're Because preaching? I read the Bible... And then I believe I chose to believe. See here, what most men, the problem with most men is they say, "Show me, then I'll trust you." Hmm. But God says, "Trust me, then I'll show you." See, Wh which it, method would you prefer? Which method would I prefer? Would you prefer to, you know, see something first and then believe it, or would you prefer to just believe it when you can't see when it? When I was a sinner, I would have believed. I would have wanted to see it first, then believe it. But as ah. a believer. I'd rather believe it first and then see it. Do you have to become a believer first before you're comfortable taking the belief over some sort of justification? You for have it? to, in order to become a believer, you have to have some degree of decision in your mind that you want to change. If you hmm. want to change, God will change you. Okay. If you want to be, if you want to believe that there is a God, I think one of the things I always ask atheists is this: is if you know, like you've seen the blue pill and the red pill thing, you know, in, in the that, Matrix, remember uh, that? I think so, vaguely. You, you I, take, I don't remember which one is you which. You take the blue pill and you wake up in your bed tomorrow yeah. and everything's just as you believe it is. Okay. You take the red pill, I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You have to make a decision at that point. Hey. Which do you, What do you want? Sure. Do hey. you want to know the real truth? Yeah. Or do you want to continue to believe what you what I you want believe? to know the truth. The truth. Absolutely. And then you want to take the red pill. 
and then so God can show you how deep the rabbit hole how, goes. How did you know that? One of the ways I knew is this. Yeah, yeah. Well, can I can I just ask a yeah. quick question? How did you know to go to this specific God? I know that you need to believe in Him in order to know that He's the one. Did you try other gods first, and then you just settled on Jesus? Uh, How do you know that you found the right one? Well, I read lots of stuff about it, other religions. The Quran, oh, okay. the, the Gita, you know, the Hindus and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I came to understand that if you're going to hide something, sometimes the best way to hide something that's in plain sight, that's not hidden, is to mm. camouflage it with a lot of other things that confuse you. Okay. In other words, mm. like the government does with misinformation, if a secret gets out there and they can't pull it back, they just make it look like a crazy kook conspiracy theory by putting out, deliberately putting out crazy kook conspiracy theories yeah. so that you're just, just, oh, it's just one of those crazy conspiracies. But how did you, how did you just so, distinguish your belief from one of those other crazy religions that are out there? Prophecy. You're here to celebrate prophecy. prophecy in the Bible. When you read the Bible, now for instance, I know for a fact that Israel exists. On May 15, can, can we maybe move away from him? Do you mind? No, it's fine. I just, I just don't want him to draw out our video. May 15, 1948, the state of Israel came into existence. Okay. So, I know that for a fact. Already seen that. So, if I so can... I read the, no, I read the Bible mm -hmm. in Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37. It says this. It says that Israel would be scattered throughout the world. And they were, they're, they're, they're entire city would be plowed under and plowed with salt and all and all that happened in 70 AD okay. with the Romans and they were scattered throughout the world destroyed as a nation but then the Bible goes on to say in Ezekiel 37 38 or 36 37 it says that they will be brought back into the land as one nation not Judah and Israel anymore but one nation of Israel and that they will be brought back with their language their uh, religion and their culture intact okay. so on May 15, 1948, that actually happened. So you think, well, okay, okay, so the Bible got one right. Yeah. Well, guess what? Time and time again, you see them. No. Oh, no. That was the only time in oh. history that's ever happened with any nation. Okay. God, the Word of God predicted a unique sure. event in all of human history, I, I, I 2,500 years in advance. I want to have a, a conversation, and I don't want to debate. And I, I completely respect your position and your right to be out here preaching and all that. Mm -hmm. I really want to understand why you believe it, and you said prophecy. That's well, why can, can I, I came to believe it in, yes. the in the beginning. Out of all those other religions. Yes, and then when I can and I, then when I chose to believe, then God changed me yes, yes, yes. and reinforced my belief. I'm with you 100%. Okay. If those prophecies could be explained in some way, scientifically, or, and I, I'm not saying that they could, but if they can be explained in a way, hey, How's how are you, man? It's your daughter? Yeah, it's my daughter. I'll can I chat with you? You gonna be around? I'll be right here. Okay. What's Front up, of mine. If if the prophecies could be explained in some way to illustrate that they weren't really prophecies, or the people that wrote the second books knew the first, or whatever. I don't know what these would be, and I'm not saying that I have those. But if prophecies could be explained in some way, would you still believe in this God? Yeah. Because here's okay. the thing. Just because, so then you don't believe because of prophecy. Well, no. The prophecy was spoken way in the past that it would happen. It didn't say how it would happen. Right, right. But the so the mechanics of how it happened doesn't matter. To I, I, I'm with you. So uh, you can explain the mechanics of it. Right. And that doesn't take away from the fact that, oh. that God said it would happen. Are you saying that there's ago. no way that your understanding that the prophecies really happened could be demonstrated to not be true? Is it testable? It's testable because you can look at the documentation in okay. the Bible. Testable. We know that 
that the book of Ezekiel is over 2,000 years old because hmm. we found the Dead Sea Scrolls. They were over 2,000 years old, so we can read those original manuscripts, see the prophecies, and May 15, right. 1948, it actually happened. Is there any way to, to illustrate that they were mistaken in some way? Is, is this belief falsifiable? Are the prophecies falsifiable in some way? No. No? No. If something is not falsifiable, David, it's quite likely that it may not necessarily be true because we can never discover a way to show that they were not true in the first place. You love your mom? I do, and I can demonstrate it. Not really. I mean, you can't I, I demonstrate can. it to I probably could. Can you take your love out of your heart and slice it up, put it on a microscope so I can examine it? No, but I can. No. we can actually have dinner with her tonight and you can probably see that. But what, well, I'm, what I'm getting, hold on, hold on a second. Evidence of it. When I hold a belief in something, or a position in something, I accept something, I always want to leave a little bit of my mind open to being shown that I might be mistaken on it. Right? If I understand that evolution is true, I, I believe it's true. I think it's true. I accept it as true. I can prove you it's not. Okay. used to be an evolution. And that would be great. I, I would be willing to look at that. But you're unable to identify something. That is the past. You're unable to identify something that would cause you to revise your position on it. I'm open to revising my position on prophecy and, and that type. But you're unable to identify something that would cause you to revise your position. That's what I'm, it sounds like. Well, no, I'm willing it, to revise is it, is it, my position on scripture if I read other scripture that, in other words, if I have wow. understood one scripture wrongly and I revise my belief on it by looking at the word of God in another area. Can we but maybe I, move just down a little bit more? I, was, I'm working right here. I just don't want Jesse to draw me up. So, what you're saying is the only thing that you would accept to falsify your position in the scriptures would be discovering something else in the Bible to falsify your position in the scriptures? Well, no, but if... Is that what you're no, not, you're what not saying? saying what I'm saying, if I read something in the scriptures yeah. and then I read something that appears to contradict what I believe yes. that one says, yes. Yes. then it's a, then the problem is in my understanding it's not in the Word of God. Wow. Is there no way that you can discover that the scriptures don't function in the way that you think they are? No. There's no way you can figure it no. out? There's no way that I could... I have, I have been serving God now for almost 13 years and I have had sufficient proof through what God is... I've seen God do in my life and other people's lives. I have witnessed real miracles that happen in front of me. I have laid hands on people and they have gotten healed and they've given their lives to Christ. They were so freaked out about it. I have seen the power of God at work and you cannot shake me off of that. No matter what kind of reasoning or what kind of evidence because here's the thing. I used to believe with all my heart evolution was true. But once I started believing in God, I started doubting evolution. Once I doubted evolution, I, and the further I got into God's Word, God started revealing me to things, the falsities of evolution. But I couldn't see that until I came to God. I got that. I got so that. So you can't see the falsities of the things you believe in the world until you come to God. Now, if you want to know the truth, no, I understand you're going to have to come to God first. I understand that you've come to God. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like what... It sounds like what you're saying is that there's nothing that you would accept to cause you to revise your position on your belief. And I always get a little nervous when I talk to people that are so locked into a belief that there's nothing that you would accept to change your mind on it. Do you believe in absolute truth? 
I'd have to think about that. Relative truth. Like, what's true for you is not necessarily Is this going to answer my question about what you would accept to change your position? Well, it kind of does. It addresses it. Okay. Well, so you, do you believe in absolute truth? Describe it for me, because I've heard various definitions of it. Something that is true regardless of what anyone else believes or says. Hmm. That you know inherently that it is true no matter what anyone else says. Are you talking says about like or gravity else? or something like that? I'm talking about like rape. Do you believe that rape is oh. always wrong? I'd really like to not drift onto morals or morality if well, that's, that's okay. Well, that's what I'm talking about. But I, because what you're talking about are facts. Facts can change. Because, okay, that wall facts. is a certain color. That's a fact. I can paint it, uh -huh. and it's a different color. Right. I just changed the facts. But we would have new sufficient evidence to cause us to revise our position yes, on it. Yes, but that's not right? true. But, but if, it's, it, hold facts on. bear a relation to the truth. If you were to say that that wall is blue, I have a method for testing your claim. I could simply look at it and discover the color, right? Mm -hmm. But with your belief, we're unable to test it. We're unable to falsify it. So how do you it. test evolution? Explain to me how, okay, you take an ape and have it evolve into a man. You explain to me how you test that. Well, it doesn't quite work that way. Well, no, I know how it's supposed to work. I know the theory. I want you to explain to me. I want you to show me, prove to me that an ape can evolve into a man by either they don't. letting me observe it in nature or test it in a laboratory. The, the question illustrates maybe that you don't quite understand evolution as much. I do understand and evolution. And I, I, I'm not an expert I'm at it. I'm making a point. Making a, my point is this. Okay. You believe in evolution, you believe it by faith. Because you can't see it happen. You cannot observe evolution in nature because you cannot watch one kind evolve into another kind. A viruses evolve into other viruses, bacteria into other bacteria, and all this other kind of stuff. And those things are adaptation within species. Dave, are you using faith as well? Huh? Are you using yes, faith? Yes, I'm as using faith. You I are admit using it. faith. I admit it. I admit there are things about God I don't understand, but I believe because I understand enough about God that I can trust what He says even if I can't see it or understand it. Is that your definition of faith? Believing in something that you can't see? That you can't see. Hmm. I can't see God physically, so I believe He's there. That's faith. You can't right. see evolution physically, but you believe it's true. That's faith. I accept it. I don't believe it. You believe it. Because I it, accept it to be true. You accept it to be true, right. then you believe it. But I am willing to revise my position on it if I see something. But you're not able to do that, it sounds like. You believe... Is that because it's faith? Are you... If you, let me ask you this. If you're using faith to conclude that God is real and the scriptures are real and that type of stuff, are you saying that because you're using faith, it's not testable? Hey, babe. Oh, the... Uh, babe, that's my wife over there. By the way, uh, so science, the definition of science, the basic definition, is the, uh, the study of the natural world through observation and experimentation. Right? I can, you know what? I can observe the power of God. Oh. I can observe the power of God by seeing Using the miracles, science? seeing the miracles that He's done. Ah. I have seen people okay. cured of cancer. Okay. I've seen people healed of yeah. all kinds of terrible things. I've laid hands on people and seen it happen wow. myself. That's incredible. My wife, my wife prayed and a man got raised from the dead. Wow. Literally, it happened. Okay. The man had been dead an hour and a half. He got raised from the dead. That's Fifteen incredible. days later, he walked out of the hospital without even brain damage. Wow. Amazing. That okay. is that is amazing. Now that's observable. Okay. And I can test it because I can pray and I can test. I can I can read the Bible and say, God, I believe that by faith. That's my test of you, and it wow. comes true. And guess what? It's testable. Because if it didn't come true, you'd be able to say that the prayer didn't work. Well, is that the testable part of it? I. 
have to I have to pray the way God tells me to pray. Okay. If I ask for something correctly, then it always comes true. If you wow, it always happens. Wow. Because Jesus said, if you ask anything in my this name, I'll do it for you. Is there something that can we pray to end cancer in kids right now? And if you pray exactly the way that He wants you to pray, can we end it right now? Is it possible? Uh, I don't think can, it's God's will to do it. How would we be able to test it though if it worked or not? Well, if it's God's will for everybody to be cured of cancer, yes, yes, yeah, if then, for it. then it would then it would already probably have happened. Oh. It's not it's not God's will. Why would you think it'd be God's will for everyone to get cured of cancer? Are you saying that there are some when, things that you can pray for and some things that you shouldn't pray for? Okay, let's say you take an unsaved person. I'm, I'm a little confused. You take an unsaved person. What? An unsaved person. Unsaved, okay. Unsaved. They are bound for hell. They're under the curse of the law of sin and death. Cancer is one of those mechanisms of death. In the flesh, my flesh is still condemned to die. Okay. Uh, when I get born again, I get born in the spirit, and when I go to heaven, I get a new spiritual body. Let's make this a little so, bit more general then. So I'm not going to get necessarily cured of cancer. God doesn't necessarily want me to. He might have something for me to learn out of that that I need to learn because He cares more about my eternity than He does about my temporal suffering in the world. Is there, is that your way of telling me that there are some things that you can't pray for because they won't come true because God just wants it that way? I can pray for an individual, and if I do it right, yeah. and I do it according to God's will, okay. He always grants it. Wow. Now, so that I does sound testable. It is testable. Okay. It is testable. Can I get your contact information? Because maybe we can set something up. Yeah. You got a pen? Like the next time you pray for something, um, I do not. Would you maybe give me your email address or something? Yeah. It's Pastor David at... I got that on camera, so that's okay. good. All right, because I'd really like to test. Because, yeah, if it could be illustrated that the prayer is working or if something doesn't go right with the prayer, like it's testable in some way, well, that, that would definitely be interesting. It, it, it depends on God's will. The Bible hmm. says the effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avail much. So there's qualifications okay. for God granting prayers. So if you prayed for something and it didn't happen the way that you thought it would. Then it may be because of me, not because of him. I'm not saying I always do it right. I'm saying if I do it according to his will, then it'll always happen. But if I don't do it right, it doesn't happen. If it's not God's will, it won't happen. It almost sounds like you set up a situation where if you were to pray is you know, very sincerely and, and that type of thing, and the prayer came true, you would say, God, helped but if you prayed sincerely and did all that stuff and it didn't happen you have an excuse well it might it, sound like an excuse but but it's really it's because God is infallible and I'm fallible and so I'm capable of making mistakes okay and so if I make mistakes God's not necessarily going to you know Adam and Eve sinned they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden God doesn't bless anything that's involving sin he doesn't bless anything that's not his will because he's not trying to accomplish anyone else's will. He's trying to accomplish his will. So he only grants things based upon his will because he, it's part of his plan. It's got to be, you have, when you pray, you have to be in line with God's authority. You have to be walking in righteousness with God. And you have to pray fervently and ask something that's in God's will that he wants to do. Okay. And then that comes true. And if any of those things are not lined up, then it doesn't come true. 
And it's usually because people pray for things that yeah. God doesn't want. So, if I can, I, I can kind of get going, but if I can maybe summarize. If prophecy were to suddenly become not true, or discovered not to be true, you'd still believe. Well, how can a prophecy well, I, be discovered not to be I don't true? Wanna, I don't want to revisit that, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, if, if he makes a statement and then it comes true, that prophecy got fulfilled. The only way it's not fulfilled is if he makes a statement and it never happens. But God doesn't set a timetable necessarily on all these things. So there's no way to falsify that as well. There's no way to falsify scripture and there's no way to falsify the prayer. Yet you're still willing to believe it. To the point where you're out here, you know, standing out handing out pamphlets and, and see, dedicating a good part of your weekend to it. If you're wanting it. to falsify something, then you're more interested in disproving it than... Not necessarily. Than well, I want to believe true things, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, in order for me to discover something's true, I need to have a way to figure out that it might not be true. First of all, you have to establish a rock-solid standard for that truth and compare whatever it is you believe to that standard. If you don't have a standard for truth, you will never discover it. Never. Because, see, if you don't believe that rape is always wrong, eventually you might rape somebody. You're I mean, kind of, you're kind of getting morality. Well, no, morality is true. See, that's really the real issue here because whether or not we all get along as people or whether we're shooting each other in the streets has a lot to do with morality. I'm more concerned about whether or not we shoot each other in the streets than I am about whether or not we believe in some botanical principle about plants. Okay, I'm more interested in making sure that people live at peace in the yeah. world. And the, and the only way to do that is to establish a standard of truth by which we all live by. And if we do that, then we can all exist and, and you, peace. Yes, sir. And, right? you, and you believe that that standard is the book. It's the Bible. Which you can't identify something that might cause you to change your position. What on. you're asking me to do is doubt, and I don't doubt. You See, don't doubt? You, you're, you're saying, well, I just, just don't know that I can believe in anything in which I don't have any doubt. Do you, do you not yeah. do you believe you love your mother? I can do we believe falsify I, that? I mean, can yes, you, do you probably. doubt it? Is there anything time you doubt that you love your mother? Or are you firmly convinced you love your mother? I'm convinced I love her because of my past experience. There you right? go. But I think anyone observing that, you know, that behavior over a certain number of years, I don't know how it would be done, video cameras or whatever, might be able to point to things that might say that I don't, right? But, but do you doubt that you love your mother? Can you doubt that? No. Well then, why would you doubt that? But, I, but I'm willing to revise my position on it. You right? want to revise your position on loving your mom? I mean, I do. I, I. Are you there's no question that I love her. Can she do anything in this world that would make you not love her? Of course. But what? Of course. Um, let's say she shot one of my brothers. Okay, that, that make that, you that not might, love her? That might cause me to revise my position on it. But it sounds like, again, if we can go back to you, and maybe you can think about this. If you're holding on to a belief because you strongly believe that it's true, but you don't have a way of figuring out that it might not be true, I might just ask you to reconsider the, the, the amount of weight that you're putting on the belief. If you could just think about that on the rest what of your trip. What about the weight you're putting on your belief of loving your mother? 
What about well, the weight? I mean, one, that's a pretty heavy weight. Not, well, mean, it, it, is, it is for me. It is. But not for the rest of the population or no, for my eternal self but I salvation. I love my mom, too. And, and you know, uh, actually, here, see, you said your mom could do something, like maybe shoot your brother. It might cause you to revise your position on loving your yes. mom. Yes. You know what? That won't happen with God. You could murder somebody, and that won't revise his position about whether or not he loves you. I know it won't change. Yeah, I understand that he you... He still loves you. He hates what you did, but he still loves yeah, yeah. you. I know that you, you really believe this. Oh, I do. I know that you Absolutely do. Absolutely do. I know that you do. Absolutely do. But, but I want to believe things that are true. And you do too, it sounds like. Yeah, I do. Right. But I, I, I have found the truth. See, here's the thing. You say, you can stand in front of a bunch of people and say, I'm a seeker of the truth, and they'll all applaud you. And you say, and I found it, and they'll go, you're an idiot, you're a liar, there's no way you found that. Why, what is the point of saying you're a seeker of the truth if you don't really believe you can ever find it? I'm sorry, I was... What is the point of saying you're a seeker of the truth if you don't say you ever found it? If, if it's oh. not findable. Oh, okay. If it's your... not findable, no, no, no. what's the point of yeah. saying you're even seeking? Like, I'm pretty certain that evolution is a fact. I've used it before. I'm but, absolutely certain it's not. Okay, but see, that's where we're different is it sounds like I'm open to accepting something that might cause me to change my position on my understanding of it. You're not open to changing your position or even identifying what you would accept to change your position on your belief in this this specific God. See, you're asking it's, you're asking me to believe. See, you're, you're asking me to reconsider my position. Is what you're asking. Sure. What you're asking. That's fair. Yeah. I'm asking you to reconsider your position based on the standard I, you've applied. To I me. absolutely will. So, observe evolution in process, or test it okay. in the laboratory, or throw it out because if, it's not science. Here's, here's the thing: if evolution was discovered on Monday to be not true. It's it's provable it's not true. You can't observe okay. it. You can't test evolution. it in a lab. If, you can't on, test it in a laboratory. You can't observe it. Just one last. If, okay. if evolution was shown to be not true, and let's say, you know, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's not true. It still wouldn't bolster my confidence that the belief in Jesus Christ or Buddha or Allah or Zeus or whatever wouldn't be any more true the day that that was discovered for me. What would be the standard of proof that you would require that God exists? I would need the God to come into my life and there's a couple things that I can think of like doing something with sand and stacking them up and fly, you know, flying me through all the sand so I can see every little grain. Something really incredible that it would be very, very difficult for some other being to probably do. Right? I might still doubt a little bit. But I think that God would know what it would take to convince me of it. I probably wouldn't even have to verbalize when you, it. When you first get saved, you still have some doubt. And God oh. works that out of you. See, I'm at a point in my walk with God that the doubt's gone. I don't have any doubt. I really don't. And I know a lot of people look at me, oh, well, you, how in the world could you have no doubt? That's the way they look at me. But it's true. I, have, I spent my beginning life as a Christian with some doubt. And then God just continued to confirm to me. He just said, just keep reading my word, keep obeying what it says, sure. and I'll show you. You keep seeing things that confirm something you've already come to believe is true. Uh, yeah, but hold on. Well, yeah. but, but you're not able to identify anything that might cause you to discover that you're mistaken on it. Tell you what, there's is one, that, is that there's right? one it, thing. Would you agree with that? There's one thing that would that would convince me that God is not true. Okay. That I would die and wake up and he wouldn't be there. You'd have to wait until you die. Yeah. Okay. Now wake up and there's nothing be that there. you would 
There's nothing that you would discover in the meantime while you're alive that might cause you to, to re-examine it? No, okay. not at this point. Anthony, it's been good talking to you. I'd like to, to run it to you again. Okay. Seriously. Pastor David. Okay. Just email Appreciate me. Your time. I'll answer any question you got. We'll talk yeah, I'd like to. Maybe I'll run to you. I don't know if you pass through San Antonio often or not, but. Uh, we we come through here once a year when we go down to South Padre, and that's it. But it's been nice talking. Yes, sir. To you. My pleasure. It. My God pleasure. I know you don't believe in God, but God works anyway. <laughs> Street epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book A Manual for Creating Atheists and his Android and iOS app Atheos.